Welcome back to the only pop culture podcast in the world. It is the only one. We've looked it up. You can't find it anywhere else. Don't bother looking it up yourselves. We've done it for you. They're all fakes if you do find it. They're all frauds. My name is Rick, and as always, I am joined by my stunning co-host, Robbie. That's me. <laughs> stunning, fabulous, flawless. The talent of the show really you know, brings everything, brings the looks, <laughs> brings the, uh, the wit, the cutting wit. Yeah, thank God we're not filming this because, you know... They wouldn't be able to stand it. <laughs> it's been a week since I've seen you, mate. What, what have you been up to? How have you been? How's life? Uh, pretty stock standard, but I did go see the new Fantastic Beast film twice. Twice? This weekend. Tell, um, tell the people at home why you had to go see it twice. Oh, um, well, because the first time I watched it, I was quite tired when I went from the night because I had a big night before, um, and so I fell asleep. And you know, maybe From what I hear multiple times. That may or may not be true. Um, but, you know, as the professional I am, I wanted to be able to come in and, you know, give a good review of my opinions and, you know, not half a film. So I went back and watched it again four hours later. We appreciate it. I think I can speak on behalf of the millions and millions of people listening at home that we do we do very much appreciate your dedication. Thank you. I do it for the love. I do it for you guys. You know. <laughs> we actually do something here, which we started doing last week in our first episode, but... Uh, because we're complete amateurs, we forgot to mention it. We actually like to drink some cocktails while we're doing our uh, pop culture discussions here. So last week we had a little Spider-Man cocktail, which we called the Pig Tingle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which was delicious. A bit of a, a bit of a take on the uh, classic fruit tingle. And this episode we're drinking a delicious creamy butterbeer. How's that butterbeer treating you, Robbie? I have almost finished it already. And um, we're two minutes into the podcast so far and already finished it or nearly finished it. I am very happy with it. Delicious. And can you believe I made this on the weekend in practice for the podcast to uh, trial it beforehand, gave it to my beautiful wife. She had about a mouthful, one like normal human sized mouthful and uh, didn't finish it. That was it. Couldn't do the rest of it. Good things aren't for everyone, Rick. It, honestly, it was very disappointing. It was a rough night in the world's household. <laughs> But we love each other and we got past it. So, Yeah, man. It's definitely one of those had-to-be-here things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, obviously, as you may have guessed, we are here to talk about The Secrets of Dumbledore, the new Fantastic Beasts film, which was released last week. Um, before we do that, Robbie, I'd like to know a little bit about your history with the Harry Potter franchise. Well, as, you know, most people within our age group. Our age group. We are, we are, we are not the same age. Well, it's like four years difference. Like How old are you? 23. Yeah, it's like seven years difference. I forget that you're very old sometimes. <laughs> I'm an incredibly old man. I don't like to bring it up. I feel like you get insecure. But um, <laughs> anyway, here I am just realizing that I'm alone with a 30-year-old. Um, <laughs> no, with no other adults present. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I trust you. <laughs> anyway, um, no, so obviously I grew up watching the Harry Potter movies. Um, not being a huge book reader myself, I only read the first three, uh, and I did that with the, the really old cassette tapes. So I used to put in my radio in my room uh, at night as I was going to bed, you know. Falling asleep. Yeah, falling asleep while while reading through the pages. Bit of a theme with the Harry Potter franchise, falling asleep while... Well, well. <laughs> consuming that content you know i don't like the negative spotlight you're putting <laughs> on, on that you know i just think that it's because it relaxes me you know yeah. what i mean we're taking it to magical land whatever um but yeah i'll be i ran out of the cassette tapes didn't have the fourth one so i just stopped reading the books that's fair um yeah why would you go out and find it cassette tapes man you know cds <laughs> cds were a thing when i was doing that so i was i was baffled that i was doing it to begin with yeah that is fair I wouldn't have done that myself. Me personally, I am actually an intelligent person who can read. So I've read all of the books multiple times, read the entire series, um, even read the horrible, horrible Cursed Child screenplay, which is just awful. Just want to point out when Rick was my age, reading was the only option. <laughs> yeah, back then we had to read it off of stone tablets. <laughs> yeah, so I, I grew up um, loving Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. Bit of a, It's a bit of a bias for me. I, Me and my wife, we actually went and watched the first Fantastic Beasts together on, I think, our third date. And it was our first, like, you know, date where we actually went out and kind of did something. So it does hold a very special place in my heart. 
That is very sweet. I had no idea about that. <laughs> yeah, so it is it is something which I do very much enjoy. That being said, we are very aware that there are some controversies surrounding the Harry Potter franchise right now. So we're probably going to... Let's, quick... let's, let's call it the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Well, the Fantastic Beasts and J.K. Rowling, really. Yeah. I'll be honest, when I saw her name pop up on three different title cards in the credits, I was just like, mm. Bold move. Bold move from Warner Brothers. <laughs> very, very <laughs> tough call. You know, you'll get rid of uh, Johnny Depp, but not J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. J.K. Rowling, known turf. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, so we'll acknowledge that up front. I'll be perfectly honest. I was never actually a big fan of J.K. Rowling, even before all of the... Uh, the turf and her um yeah her controversial talks came out i was never really a big fan of jk rowling personally loved obviously loved the wizarding world and loved the books but was never a big fan of jk rowling herself so i'll distance myself as far away from her as possible and say that i don't support jk rowling but at the same time i adore the wizarding world so i'm not going to stop watching the movies I'm sorry. thank you for your work you horrible person yeah obviously to go along with that there's the johnny depp Controversy, which obviously is kind of the elephant in the room when it comes to the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Yeah, look, I was I had very mixed feelings about Johnny Depp leaving because of the replacement that they found for Grindelwald, which you know Mads Mikkelsen, in my opinion, is so much better. But I don't think they had to do Johnny Depp that dirty. Yeah, it's a bit tough, and it is a, yeah definitely mixed feelings about it. I'm on the record of saying that I think that it should have just been Colin Farrell from the start. I think he did a fantastic job in the first movie and the uh, the bait and switch at the end, the rug pull was, oh, it was Johnny Depp all along, where we had no idea who Johnny Depp was. That meant absolutely nothing he to us. He was a psychopath as well. It was, yeah, it wasn't. I, don't, I never understood that. That was actually one thing in this movie that kind of confused me is that why does Mads Mikkelsen now just look like an ordinary guy, whereas Johnny Depp looked like, I don't know, any other Johnny Depp character, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> looked like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was like really, off yeah so again probably gonna distance ourselves from that controversy as well and just kind of talk about the actual film itself we're not going to get into the opinions and the politics behind it all um (laughs) which brings us to the final one which is the most recent controversy of ezra miller's arrest probably good timing for warner brothers considering how this movie filmed uh finished really but yeah we're not gonna spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert we will talk about that later on um but yeah i think warner brothers have some freedom to go whichever direction they want to go now considering the latest the latest controversy surrounding ezra miller for those of you who don't know i'm not sure if you know the full details of ezra miller's arrest no i don't ezra miller was out in hawaii wasn't he at like a karaoke bar or something yeah, something like that. Karaoke bar was just out for a nice night. He wanted, I apparently wanted to just, you know, enjoy himself and have a, a quiet time. Somebody started singing karaoke in the bar. Ezra Miller did not like that. 23-year-old girl, he went up there and snatched the microphone off of her and then lunged himself at another 30-year-old man. So, not a good time for Warner Brothers and the, uh, the controversy surrounding their film, but, yeah, you know, it's all exciting. It's all fun. It brings, <laughs> it brings to the... Uh, the magic of Hollywood, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, magic of Harry Potter, the Fantastic Beast, to Hollywood. Yeah, you know? yeah, where they're all well-adjusted people. All right, so let's get into the movie. We uh, we open up in a cafe with Dumbledore enjoying a, a nice tea, where he's then joined by Grindelwald, popping by just to say hello. Yep, as we all would have recognised him yeah. from his appearance. Grindelwald, as we saw him in the last two films, he yep, looks exactly, exactly the same. Exactly the same, Spitting hasn't him. changed at all. Nah, that honestly looks like he hasn't aged at all, you know. <laughs> it's just, remarkable. I mean, it's been two years between films, you'd think there'd be, a, you know, maybe an extra wrinkle or two. Couldn't tell. No, CG is tell. just so good nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a bit of a quick chat between uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And this is our first canon, really discussion of Dumbledore and his homosexuality. He declares quite openly that he was in love with Grindelwald, which good to actually have it acknowledged. I find this much, much better than JK Rowling just saying after she's released the books and never hinting at it at all. I mean, oh, he was always gay. I always intended him to be gay. You didn't notice? You're a bigot. I, I, I don't like JK Rowling. Sorry. Yeah, I'm starting to get that. Yeah. So yeah, so we get Dumbledore telling Grindelwald how much he used to love him. Bit of a conversation, kind of each trying to sway the other to their side. They realise it's not going anywhere. And then 
they part ways. Yeah, it was weird. It was like it was kind of like in their heads though. It wasn't like in person. Yeah, real weird vibe. The the camera was like the the scene was hazy, very it was bright. Like, it, was, it was quite dreamy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know really how to feel about that. Yeah, I didn't know what I, I thought it was a memory to begin with. Yeah. And then I was just like, no, because they look the same. But yeah, anyway. Throughout this film, there's a couple of moments where I was like, what the hell is actually going on here? It was, a recurring thing. it was honestly quite confusing at points. Yeah. So we go from the cafe uh, to Newt, our main character of the film, though you probably wouldn't know from this film, but Newt is the uh, the main character, canoeing, paddling down a river. Your friendly neighbourhood magizoologist. Yes, because that's a real job. So Newt then uh, climbs up a bit of a mountain and tracks down a quillin, which is a magical beast, apparently incredibly rare. I thought it was a chillin. Quillen. Okay. So a new magical beast, exceedingly rare, apparently only born when big changes are coming, uh, very pure of soul. And then Credence pops up with his gang of Grindelwald's cronies, murks the mum in cold blood, just straight up. Yes. <laughs> bang, it was, bang. <laughs> it was a big Bambi vibe. Yeah. Gives chase to Newt through the forest a little bit and then abducts the baby Quillen that was just born and takes him off, disappears. Newt scrambles back up the hill Finds the dead mum, well, dying mum, I should say. I actually have a bit of a bone to pick with this. Newt's come back and found the other Quillen. Yeah. And then just laid on the mum as it's dying. The dude's a magizoologist. He like, passed out though, didn't he? Well, yeah. After he, you know, like he just, cur- like he didn't pass out. He laid down, got himself comfortable and then passed out. He didn't do anything to help this dying mum. It was, but like she was, I don't know, she was kind of hit by a killing, she was hit by two killing curses, by the way. Yeah, that's apparently also killing curses, supposed to instantly kill you, not just, you know, have you struggle for breath and then die. Stickler for law. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, everyone, the fun police is here. (laughs) Look, get my Harry Potter right, please. (laughs) Yeah, if Rick was going to do it, he would have done it properly. Yeah, no gasping for breath from me. Nothing but a clean headshot from Rick. <laughs> so Newt passes out on the mum, uh, then gets flown home by his hot air balloon bird. I have no words for what I saw in that point. Interesting, interesting choice of animal. But flown home for safety. So we shoot back over to America where we meet back up with our good buddy Jacob, the muggle. Everyone's favourite muggle. Everyone's favourite baker. Bit depressed. Yeah, so look, if, uh, if you don't know what happened in the last film... Uh, I don't recommend watching it. Look. (laughs) (laughs) If you've watched the last film, you'll know that Queenie, Jacob's girlfriend or whatever, joined Grindelwald because he refused to marry her after finding out that it's illegal for muggles or nomadges, as they're called in America, to marry those of magic heritage. Wizard folk. Wizard folk. Um, And so when Queenie's heart was broken, she was like, Whatever, I'm just going to join Team All Wizard with Grindelwald. Oh, whatever. I'm going to be evil now. Yeah, I'm not going to be evil, but I'm going to hang out with the evil people. And Evil by association in my book. Yeah. Look, you know, (laughs) doing nothing is the same as helping those that do wrong. You're part of the problem, Queenie. Yeah. Look, okay. Rick doesn't like J.K. Rowling. I don't like Queenie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before I turn the mics on... Robbie was going on a quite a large rant of Queenie and uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. Look, they just, first of all, the actress that plays Queenie, stunning. Okay. Truly stunning. And Queenie's like whole character in the first movie is, wow, she's so beautiful. She looks like a ghost. Yeah. You know, she looks <laughs> like a ghost. Her voice is annoying. And to be honest, her character is just very... Like, Luna love good, but less interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Less um, likable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Luna's, like, got her quirks and makes her, like, cool. Queenie's kind of just, like, yeah. I don't I don't really yeah. care for her. Yeah, not a fan. Not My favourite thing about Queenie is that Jacob loves her. Yeah, and we stand Jacob. We stand Jacob. Yeah. Jacob for Ministry of Magic. <laughs> I don't care if he can do magic. Put him in there. he'll learn some tricks he'll fix your problems so Jacob depressed in the bakery he then sees a lady just sitting out there trying to enjoy a book who's being harassed by some men 
and Jacob decides to go out there and be a hero because Jacob is fantastic and we all love Jacob. Turns out this lady that's being harassed is actually a wizard who's been sent by Newt to pick him up and bring him back to a train where they're having a bit of a secret meeting about how they're going to take down Grindelwald. With the original Dumbledore's army. Yeah, that's, yeah, the original Dumbledore's army. Is this more impressive than the first one? First, the second one, I well, should as say? In, as in from the original movies? Yeah. I would argue no. <laughs> <laughs> do I like... They don't quite have the star power. They really don't. Yeah. Like, do I love Newt? Of course I do. Eddie yeah. Redmayne, is, my highs, is always a win. Yeah. Uh, and then... Callum Turner, who plays Theseus, I really like yeah. him in this movie. I'd say um, this is kind of like, um, this is like the 20, 2012, 2013 Miami Heat, where you've got three stars and the rest of the team are garbage. And then the Dumbledore's army from the Harry Potter timeline is kind of like modern day warriors with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and just like incredibly solid role players. I'll allow it. <laughs> You'll also learn as we go through this podcast that Robbie and I are big basketball fans. Yes, we are. Who, which team do you go? Just just while we're at it. Yeah, this is a rough thing for me. The Lakers, uh, I'm a big Lakers boy, got knocked out of play-in contention last week, which was not a good day. Um, look, it hasn't been a good year. It hasn't been a good season. The, for some. For some, yeah. I know you're feeling pretty good over there. I feel great. Yeah. I feel great. Repeat. That's uh, all right. We'll reset. We'll reset. LeBron's a year older. <laughs> the window's getting smaller. Yeah, Come back stronger next year. He's only getting older. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So while they're on the train, they kind of had a bit of a discussion about what their plan is going to be. And their plan really is just to have a, a mess. You know, just, let's just make a mess of it. Which seems to go pretty well because they do kind of make a bit of a mess of it all. Yeah, I never, I, I'll be honest. I never really understood that. I know they were like, oh yeah, Grindelwald can see the future. Mm in part so we have to either come up with so many overlapping plans that he can't figure it out or just not plan anything and i get what they're trying to say but if you're planning so many overlapping plans if you can see the future you can still see the result yeah you understand yeah and then if you don't plan anything you're just not going to achieve anything so i don't know what i was supposed to feel about that but i'm pretty sure i missed it i i feel like Reflecting back on this movie, I feel like there was a lot of moments where I came out of it where I was like, I feel like I missed something here. Yeah. The... And I wasn't falling asleep. <laughs> I didn't fall asleep once the second time. I just want that to be known. Second time is the charm. Don't believe what the others say. So we head to the International Confederate of Wizards, which is being held in the, the German Ministry of Magic, which was nice to uh, have an expansion of the wizarding world there. Not a good look for the Germans. They're very fanatical. I will say this, the people that work in the ministry, the German ministry, they look cooler than the ones that work in England. That's all I'm saying. That's true. That is true. I, t- I was sitting next to my German wife while watching this film and I couldn't help myself. I had to lean over and be like, oh, geez, the Germans, they're really fanatical, aren't they? Very um, very aggressive. Very heavy handed with the uh, the Hitler Nazi parallels there, I, I felt personally. Yeah, they weren't really hiding anything. Nah. Nah, very in your face about that, which of course loved throwing that into my wife's face. So we're at the International Confederate of Wizards who have decided to acquit Grindelwald of all of his crimes. When you think about it, what did he really do wrong? Yeah. You know, he just tried to wipe out all of us yeah. muggles. Only wants to start a war. You know, I say let him, t- let him try. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, Grindy. <laughs> Can you stop a nuke? Don't think so. The one thing that I really liked about this scene, a bit meta, where they basically, oh, we, we're acquitting Grindelwald of his crimes, which I felt was kind of like a little backhanded way of saying, we don't acknowledge the crimes of Grindelwald, the previous film, which was... Awful. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. That's clever. If that's what they were doing. It may just be me. <laughs> it may just be me. Anyway, that ends up with Grindy deciding that he's going to run for... I don't know if you realize what it's called, but the head of the International Confederate of Wizards, the name for that is the Supreme Mugwump. Uh, okay. Yeah. Why does that sound close to muggles? I don't know. Mugwump. But that's what Grindelwald is. That's, that's his next ambition. He's a, he's a career guy. He's very driven. So he's going for, he's going, he's going from villain, criminal, criminal fugitive, <laughs> All the way to the top of the chain. That's like, you know, if we had a war, war criminal, 
assigned the president of the United States. Actually, it's probably close to the like leader of the United Nations. So it's, it's okay. Wow. I just it really bothered me in the movie how when in the scene where they go, oh yeah, he's acquitted. Well, we found uh, no evidence exists that proves he's guilty of these crimes. Therefore, innocent. Blah blah blah. Everyone in the room is audibly disagreeing with the decision that's been made. And then once they leave the room, the, the main characters leave the room, the scene changes, whatever, it's the next day. Everyone is like, yeah, Grindelwald, best guy ever. Yeah. Never doubted him. He is my best friend. I love him. Let's I will die for this world. man. <laughs> he can lead us into the future. It just... I, really, I personally never said anything bad about Grindelwald. Yeah, it just him. bothered me how quickly everyone was willing to go, let's hear him out. Yeah, pretty big change. Pretty big change, very quick. And then the fact that like a night later, they're always having dinner with him, just sitting in the room, having dinner with him. Yeah. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a very odd choice. Um, and an odd choice for the German Minister of Magic to decide to, to say, like, oh, you have to let him run. The people will have their vote. You have to let him run. And I know that he's, you know, kind of the, the corrupt politician in all of this, but I don't know if that was really the best decision to be made at that time. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he was at the end of his uh, political run, so I feel like he didn't really care. He's just given up at that point. Yeah, well, he obviously was in cahoots yeah. with... Um, <laughs> it's like when you quit your job and you kind of put your feet up on the desk and you're like, ah, I can't be bothered. Yeah. I'm not doing anything else. That's exactly it. Grindelwald wants to become supreme leader of the world. Go for <laughs> it, mate. I think that'll be funny. <laughs> Have a go. See what you get. So while we're at the International Confederate of Wizards, Theseus gets arrested. Newt's brother gets arrested or kidnapped. I don't know how you'd like to put it, but he's arrested by the uh, German Ministry of Magic. He definitely got jumped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit in the back. Cowards. The whole thing kind of goes to a bit of a shambles. So they all exit, regroup, have to go back to Dumbledore to get their next assignment. Newt is off to go rescue Theseus, while Jacob and Lally are off to thwart an assassination attempt that they think is going to occur. Yeah. Funny how that ends up. Yeah. So <laughs> Newt goes to... I don't know what, the, I can't remember what the prison was called, but it's some underground prison in Germany and then heads down to rescue Theseus. And you love this scene. I had issues with this scene. I understand the whole Fantastic Beast thing and Newt, you know, being more in touch with animals than he is with people. But the fact that part of the security at this prison was dozens, possibly hundreds of lobster spider things that were no bigger than a shoe, that were apparently dangerous, that was a big issue for me. Mostly because all it took to get past them was to pretend to be one of them as a person. All Newt did was go into a crab stance and swing his hips. Swing was that those hips. was it entertaining to watch? Absolutely. Did I, would I not, laugh out loud? A hundred percent. I'm not willing to deny that from anybody. <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was very weird though and i just didn't see the point of it in that scene i like it when newt has i like it when he's being the smarter person in the room and he has understanding of stuff but for that it just seems so like why couldn't why couldn't because there's there's that giant monster you don't even see yeah in, in like this pit in the middle of the prison if he had interacted with that i would have been more impressed you know what i mean because it's like that was it was gigantic all you could see it had like a scorpion tail which just came and shot lava or fire yeah. off the tip. It was so big, all you saw was the tail. If he had had any interaction with that, where he not necessarily neutralized it, but just kind of like tamed it or just kept it off, that would have been more impressive as opposed to these little spider lobster things. But Theseus then, by the way, Theseus steps on one as they're leaving and they don't do anything. If you step on one of those things, that's when you go, oh shit. They're gonna. They're now gonna be like, he killed one of us. Let's get him." They didn't. They were just like, "It happens," you know. It just bothered me. I'm gonna put it out there that this was my favorite part of the film. <laughs> I feel that that bothers me more. I loved it. The when when Newt had actually saved Theseus and they were then escaping, and they were surrounded by these little lobster scorpion, whatever they were, and. <laughs> <laughs> they both jump into their little uh, 
crab pose and the seductive music kicks in and they start swiveling their hips. I laughed so hard. It's the only time really that I laughed out loud within this film and I loved every moment of the brothers just (laughs) inching their way around the pit, swiveling their hips and the banter between them backwards and forwards of like, swivel your hips. I'm swiveling my hips exactly like you're swiveling them. I will admit I did enjoy the conversation they were having at the time. I thought that was very funny. I thought the whole thing was great. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. (laughs) So then we cut to Jacob and Lally who are thwarting, and I'm doing this in air quotes for you at home that can't see, thwarting the assassination attempt, which actually turns out to be a fake assassination attempt by Jacob. No, just because the poison in in Santos' drink. Ah, right. See, I I was looking at it from the perspective of Grindelwald was thinking that there was an assassination attempt that's going to be happening. Yeah, well, he did because he saw the flash yeah, of, okay. of Jacob with the wand. Mm. But also someone poisoned Santos's drink. Yes, and that's that's yeah. what Lally threw at the door. Yeah. And it like it like melted part of the door as the waiter that obviously poisoned it was walking away. That was also quite a shoddy assassination attempt. Santos recognized pretty quickly that there was something wrong with that liquid because it was floating out of her glass. That was Lally. No, Santos. When when she no no when she dropped it in front of Santos, when the waiter put it in front of Santos, she picked up the glass and looks at it, and the liquid is out of the glass. Yeah, that was Lally. She had her wand out and she threw it at the door. Did she? Yeah. Ah. So this is just me not understanding. This is me watching it twice in one day. Ah, so maybe I need to go back and watch it again. <laughs> you just want to watch the stupid spider crab. Just to watch the crab lobsters. <laughs> I'll be honest. The the music that they played. Made me enjoy it, but so I was just seductive. like, "This is so <laughs> stupid." So while our uh, while our group of heroes are off on their separate missions, Grindelwald sends Credence to kill Dumbledore. Dumbledore makes pretty light work of Credence, really, which yeah. you kind of expect given that it's Dumbledore. Albus Dumbledore. Yeah, look, it's just <laughs> this part confused me because Dumbledore shot some weird spat on the glass. He spat on the glass. And then it went into some kind of mirror dimension. Oh. And then they had this big fight. And at the end of it, the, the fight never happened. It was all in their minds. I've got a big problem with the mirror dimension. I don't like this addition to the Harry Potter universe. And I, I know why they're doing it. I feel like they're capitalizing on the success of Doctor Strange and the mirror dimension in that. But that's not something that's ever existed. Where the hell did this come from? Yeah, look, I, I just didn't like it. Not even just because it was copying Doctor Strange or anything, but it just it just didn't right. it just didn't feel necessary. Nah. You and know what I mean? Like, because in the first film, when Credence is going out of control, that's all that all happens in yeah uh, in like in cause, the world because I have to use the um, Obliviate spell across the whole yeah. of island of Manhattan. Yeah, you know what I mean, or whichever island it was. I'm pretty sure it was Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. You know, so that was that was a thing that they had to do, and it was something they had to overcome. But in this one, they were like, it just it just felt like they were too lazy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they didn't want to cause the destruction to the world. So it's like, oh, we'll just put them in a, a mirror dimension, which has never existed before. But you know, people won't notice. I noticed. I yeah, look, I didn't like it. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of the mirror dimension. The only pop culture podcast in the world is on record of not liking the mirror dimension. I did, however. I like watching young Dumbledore in action. I'd like to see more of it. And this is actually a gripe, and I'll probably talk about this a little bit later as we get on, but this is a gripe that I have with the film, is the jewels just are not exciting to me at all. And that's one thing that I'm really lacking from my Harry Potter world. But I think we'll talk about that a little bit later because we've got a little bit more action to come. So Dumbledore makes light work of Credence. Yeah. Pretty pretty easily. Very light work. And then reveals that he's actually Adderforth's son, Albus's brother. So he's he's that's, you. that's not in the fight though. That's after the fight. That's after you find out once everyone gets back to Alberforth and Dumbledore's hub. Yeah, so Dumbledore tells Credence that you are a Dumbledore and then kind of leaves it at that. And then when they get back they find out that it's Aberforth's son. Mm. Dumbledore's nephew. So they have a bit of a Bit more of a chat back at the Hogshead with the gang, and then the Hogshead being Aberforth's pub. So the gang then go to bed, regroup, head back to Hogwarts. Hogwarts. 
head back wow. to Hogwarts. <laughs> Hogwarts. And he read the books, people. <laughs> head back to Hogwarts the next day and then port key to Bhutan, where all of the world leaders are meeting to swear in the next Supreme Mug one, which is between Grindelwald, Santos, and Lou. Lou. I think his name yeah, was. L-I-U. L-I-U. Um, who doesn't matter? Lou does not matter. He doesn't have a single line no. in the entire film. He is one of the potential future leaders yeah. of the wizarding world, and he doesn't get a single line. Not even, like, at any of the dinners or even at the actual uh, ceremony where they're deciding on the leader. He doesn't say a word. Yep. And I don't... I It didn't... It just felt weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you've got these people that are... And same with Santos, really. You've got these people who are supposed to be then taking over. We're supposed to care that it's them over Grindelwald. You've got to give me some kind of character from them. Yeah, we'll talk about that Santos thing later because... I totally agree with you, and they did something that just again just I I need to stress this. I did enjoy this movie. I enjoyed watching this movie, but there were just so many things that I had. There were problems. Issues. There was yeah. It was just a lot of things I had problems with, and a lot of things that I didn't understand. So maybe if I understood them better, I would have enjoyed the movie more, or maybe they're just something that wasn't done well. I, I'm, it's not. It's not, I'm not at liberty to say. You know, We're not professional filmmakers. I can only shoot my opinion. Uh, <laughs> Which my, is what this entire podcast is about. Uh, you know, with my extensive knowledge of film, yeah. you know, being that I watched them and that is... Twice. Watched them twice. I watched them twice. Yeah. yeah that is, that's pretty much it. So, you well, know. What do you need? I don't think you need much more. So, while this is all happening, Grindelwald brings... Well, sorry. Grindelwald earlier on killed the Quillen that they abducted. And then brings it back to life with some necromancy, bewitches it so that when they're up in Bhutan, this is kind of like the uh, the whole point of having the Quillen in the, in the story is that the Quillen, because they can sense who is pure of heart and who is good, essentially, for lack of a better word, who is a good person, um, there's an ancient ritual called the Walk of the Quillen, which they put the Quillen in front of the candidates, the candidates for the Supreme Mugwamp. And then the Quillen, <laughs> the Quillen will then bow in front of who it thinks is pure and who it thinks is a good person. And then that person will be sworn in as the next Supreme Mugwong. Which begs the question, why did the German Minister of Magic say the people will have their vote when there was no vote? Well, there was, but it's just the Quillen, like you're an idiot to go against the Quillen. You know what I mean? They're like... We'll let the people choose. This is if this is who the Quillen thinks. And if you guys are willing to go against this thing that we've done for generations, this thing that we know to be good, you know, so it's pretty much like he, he's going like, well, the people technically chose, but obviously it doesn't work out in the end because the fake Quillen, uh, the zombie Quillen, zombie Quillen eventually just dies of nothing. Not before it bows in front of Grindelwald. Oh, of course. Yeah, it bows in front of Grindelwald, which then leads to him being sworn in. And what's his first act as the Supreme Mugwump? He immediately attacks Jacob Kowalski. Yeah, the best person in the entire franchise. The goat of Fantastic Beasts. It's not Newt, as much as I love him. It's not Dumbledore, as much as I love Jude Law. It's Jacob. I don't care what anyone says, what anyone thinks. Tell me why someone's better than Jacob. Jacob Kowalski is the heart of the films, all three of them so far. If Jacob wasn't in the Fantastic Beasts franchise, I would not enjoy them anywhere near as much. Not even close. So, (laughs) Grindelwald attacks Jacob. The very first act that he does as the Supreme Mugwump is declare war on the Muggles. No breathing period, no rest, no like, hey, we're just going to take it easy for the first couple of days and, you know, feel out out a new role as, you know, leader of the entire wizarding world. He is is quoted saying, the war on the muggles begins today. That is seconds after it is decided that he will lead. Literally a minute and a half after the Quillen bows, he's 
torturing a muggle in front of these people and declaring war on an entire race or entire species. An entire Which, species. might I add, the wizards are cheering. Yeah. Every, pretty much everyone there. Wizards, ex- not good people. Everyone except for the... The group, like, yeah. The, the, Dumb- the Dumbledore's gang. Yeah. And, the DG. And uh, the two other uh, political candidates. Mm. Everyone else is celebrating other than them. Uh, yeah, get him. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mess up a bunch yeah, of harmless muggles. muggles. Muggles are the Boo. worst. We hate muggles. I would just like to say, as a muggle myself, I think we're not that bad. Personally offended. Anyway, I felt attacked. <laughs> Don't you think they're jealous? This is actually this is something that I was talking about with my wife the other day. How did they broadcast this to the other nations? Because this was shown within all of the Ministry of Magic, all of the different Ministry of Magics across the world. I have but one word for you. You say magic. I do not accept that as a valid answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need other words, Rick. (laughs) But broadcasted in HD across the world. Like, what are they filming it with? Wands? Are they just pointing their wands at it? What? How are they picking up that signal? Wands? Lame. That's not a good enough reason. I don't. It's not a good enough. That's not a valid reason for me to believe that they can broadcast this around the entire world when they write their letters with quills. Yeah, look, I'm just going to say it. Magic. I don't like that. (laughs) Magic does not disregard all logic. It bothers me that this is what bothers you. This is is one of my main secrets of the film. I'll be honest, on my first viewing of the film, it is something that I thought about, but then I was just like, it's such a small thing that nah. magic nah. is enough for me to be like, okay, that's lazy, but I can move on. Oh, I just want everyone to know that Rick uh, made sure that my phone was on silent because the last recording I received a text and it wasn't. That was a uh, notification to take the bins out. That's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, considering the bins went out yesterday. <laughs> Delayed and, notification. And your laptop is old. <laughs> so Grindelwald is torturing Jacob. Loving every minute of it. And who steps in? Not Newt, not Dumbledore, not any of the good people that we've been with throughout the whole that film. That we know. That we know. It's the political candidate Santos that just very, very calmly just whips out a wand and just stops the Christianus curse from affecting Jacob. Yeah. That is the first sign throughout the whole... This is two hours into the movie... It's the first thing she's done. It's the first thing she's done. Other than almost done. get poisoned. Other than almost get poisoned. It's the first thing she's done at all, let alone to suggest that she might be a decent enough person. Yeah. And then... Good enough for me. Seconds later... The new Quillen, the living Quillen gets the brought out. The willing Quillen gets brought out. Grindy gets exposed. The Quillen then bows at Dumbledore. Hated this. Hated that. He yeah. doesn't... He's not... Okay, can we just discuss... Dumbledore is not a good guy. No. Dumbledore's a great guy, but he's incredibly complex. Mm. I'll fight you. I don't care that you're huge. I will fight you. <laughs> I don't know what Rick's talking about. I'm five foot two. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Robbie is a Fijian who is about, what, 6'10"? 6'10", 6'11"? Yeah. Yeah. And I am not. I am a little white boy. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but I am willing to go to the mat for this. Dumbledore is a great person. He's, a great, has... he's a great person, but his history is too complicated to be brought down to the fact that he, like, for the Quillen to be like, no. yeah. You're, yeah. Like, cause he, he's got too much going on to make a good leader. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, even, even in Harry Potter, it's revealed that, Dumbledore was only taking care of Harry Potter for the greater good, but he made Harry think that he was important to him, which he was, but not to the... Dumbledore has told Harry that he loved him. Loved him like a father. Yeah, look, I just... (sighs) Dumbledore is a great person, incredibly complex, has his flaws. Killed his sister. He definitely has his flaws. Killed his sister. And is wracked with guilt because of that. And for that reason alone, I don't think that the Quillen should have bowed in front of Dumbledore. And the fact that he doesn't believe that he's worthy, the fact that he is filled uh, with yeah, guilt. That old, that old stigma of like, uh, if you don't think you're ready, it's because you are ready. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, 
wow, why would like you? Why wouldn't you want to be this great thing? Oh. If you don't think you deserve that, then you must be. Only the most fantastic person would turn down this opportunity. Exactly, you know what I mean. It's just, Lazy writing. Yeah. There's an old thing in um, in films where they talk about show, don't tell. Show me why Dumbledore is a great person. Don't just make the quill and bow in front of him. I don't like that. I feel like it's really lazy. I feel like it's just a cop-out to be like, oh, look at how great Dumbledore is. Isn't he fantastic? Like, we all know how good Dumbledore is. We don't need a quill and to bow in front of him. Yeah. And then going on with your show, don't tell me. The quill and then finds Santos and just bows in front of her. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? She helped Jacob when no one so. else would. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's all we had she to did go the bare off. Minimum. <laughs> that's all we had to all we had to go off was she didn't like the mum getting tortured. All all that she gave us was, Wow, Grindelwald is bad. Yeah. And torturing is not good. And everyone's just like, hey. The ideal human. Yeah. What a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Slay sister. <laughs> yeah. If Lou did that, no one would have given a shit. Exactly. Boo, Lou. Yeah. We are not team Lou. <laughs> uh, I just wish he said something. Oh, you know? I wish either of them said something, to be honest. At least give me a reason why I should be rooting for these characters. So, Quillen bows in front of Santos. Grindy gets real mad. Grindy tries to kill Credence because he thinks that Credence has kind of blown up his whole spot. Oh, yeah. Some of Credence is the one that outs Grindelwald. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Credence <laughs> is the one that's like, oh, he's a fake. He brought it back. That's not a, that's yeah. a dead Quillen. So, Grindy's pissed. Grindy's not happy about that at all. Shoots a killing curse at him. And that killing curse is blocked by Albus and Anaforth. Another thing that I don't like, because canon-wise, the killing curse is unblockable. You can't defend against the killing curse. Should not have been able to happen. But, I guess through the power of love. Two Dumbledores, man. Two Dumbledores. Yeah, double Dumbledore. Double Dumbledores. (laughs) Protecting another Dumbledore. (laughs) So the Dumbledores block it, and in them blocking it, or in Albus in particular blocking it, that then breaks the blood pact between Albus and Grindy, which means they can now fight each other. Which means we have to wait another four years because there's two more movies, people. A very short duel in the in the mirror dimension again, and so underwhelming. And I, this is where I'll get back to what I was talking about before of these these battles just don't satisfy me that they're just shooting lights at each other. And I want to see more from the greatest wizards of our time. Yeah, look, I, I'll i be honest. I actually liked it because I thought it was cool how they move so quick. You know what I mean? Because, like, in the Harry Potter ones, they're kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, for them to be moving so quick would make them more experienced than what they are. But Grindelwald has the older one. Dumbledore is one of the greatest wizards of all time. And they're, like... By the time the curse that they're shooting or the spell they're shooting at each other gets even near the other, they've already zapped off and just teleported somewhere else. Yeah. Which I thought I think is kind of cool. But also they only did it for like three seconds. Exactly. And then they did the classic one spells meeting in yeah. the middle and then like getting close to the good guy, then yeah. getting slowly pushed back. Back to that old well. I don't know. I for me I always just compare it to the the battle between Dumbledore and Voldemort in the Ministry of Magic, the British Ministry of Magic, which is them doing magic, you know? It's them doing magic of actual, like, ah, oh, in the books, you know, he's making statues come alive to fight Voldemort and he's blowing a giant snake out of fire to attack each other. And now it's just shooting magic and it just feels lazy to me. I just don't like it. It's just, it's one of my biggest gripes from the Harry Potter films and all the way through this is that the jewels are just, ah, oh, I'm just shooting you with lights yeah no you know what i'll i'll agree with that that's a very good point thank you i appreciate that no worries don't expect that ever again that (laughs) that took a lot for me to say (laughs) so grindelwald escapes credence is dying aberforth takes him home credence is dying because of the obscurity that's in him which is why earlier on in the podcast i said probably good timing for warner brothers um with the arrest for Ezra Miller, because now they can kind of do away with Ezra Miller if they want to. They can kind of kill him off screen well, and not have to worry about Credence coming back. I mean, he was going to die anyway because yeah. he's not in Harry Potter in any mention. He's not a good character. Yeah, for that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we finish up at Bhutan. The, the kerfuffle of Bhutan is all over. They head back home. Queenie and Jacob back together now, even though Queenie, I don't know, is still questionable of her actions in the last film. But they get yeah, married. they're totally they just totally whisk past it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like 
she the whole time she was with Grindelwald, you know, she wasn't doing anything bad, but she chose to go with the bad guys. Yeah. And then when the bad guys all run away and she doesn't, everyone's like, oh my God, we got her back. She chose to leave. Yeah. She left them. You know what I mean? She, by the way, wasn't there like a dragon or something in the last movie that was like attacking? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She left them with that. Yeah. You know, she was like, I'm sorry, guys. I can't do this. Queenie's not a good person. She's not. No. She's not. Jacob deserves better. Team Jacob. But now... Jacob should just be single, living his best life in his bakery, happy that Queenie's not around, but they're getting married instead. And they got married. They got married. Dumbledore watching from the outside. So a quick thank you to Newt at the end of it. It's sad. Feeling like he can't be part of it all. And then he kind of walks off into the night. And that's yeah. the end of the film, really. That's it. Bit of a somber ending. Dumbledore feeling quite isolated from his friends. I liked it because I kind of want to see an edgy Dumbledore. Yeah. Like, you know, shaking off his shoulders, ready to go find Grindelwald and just really mess him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just ready yeah. to throw down. Yeah. Not, not out of control in any way, but just like he doesn't have to worry so much anymore. Yeah. All right, so that's our recap of the film. I feel like we've kind of already touched on this as we've gone along, but thoughts on the film? Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I mean, the way I see it is when you compare it to what was out before it, I did enjoy. I I enjoyed it much more than I enjoyed Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Um, yeah so, nice. so just on that, I was like, it, it was it was kind of it was kind of tricking me to be like, oh, this movie's actually pretty good. I'll be honest, it's not. Um, do I like it better than the last one? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's a good... I did enjoy it, you know, in, in, like, sections. But like I said before, there was so much going on. There were so many confusing things because they were trying to trick Grindelwald, blah, 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 blah. I just... I feel like they tried to stuff a lot of things in this movie and they should have either taken some of the stuff out or maybe yeah. saved it for the next one yeah. or, you know, just taking the time to explain it a little better like something we haven't even touched on is karma the use of karma so he's in the team dumbledore and he after they all meet on the train he's the first one off goes straight to grindelwald's camp joins up with him comes out goes dumbledore sent me here to spy on you what do you want me to tell him? And we're all just like, oh, what? He's bad. What? What? And then when they all go to Bhutan, he meets the gang there, Theseus and Lanny. La- Lally? Lally. Lally. The- Theseus and Lally there. And he meets them with a mob of Grindelwald's followers. And they're like, oh, no. What's going on? Oh, what? What? What's going on? And then he just turns around and takes them all out, which was cool. Yeah. You know? Very cool spell. Kind of earthquakey. Yeah. But why? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there was... What he was didn't, useless motivating throughout the entire film? He didn't do anything. Nah. You know what I mean? And, like, he was he was very relevant in the last movie. And there was moments where people were talking to him and he just didn't respond. Exactly. <laughs> he just wouldn't say anything. That's like... Because there's, there's a scene where Grindelwald takes a memory out of, out of his brain, the memory of his sister, who is not mentioned at all in this film. We played a massive part in the last, last film. one, yeah. But... I, I was left thinking for the film, did he take away his ability to speak when he took away the memory of his sister? Because from that point on, he didn't say a word. Multiple scenes where people are talking to him and he just doesn't respond. And I don't get it. And he just stares at them blankly, doesn't say a word. Yeah, look, I did not like his part at all in this movie. No. It just, it felt like it, it was totally unnecessary. It didn't have any place. Yeah. I would have preferred if he was just a bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like another hurdle for them to overcome. But instead, he was just like... Just show me. Show me like show me his motivations and what's actually driving him. Yeah. Grindelwald killed your sister. All right, cool. I'm going to mess up Grindelwald. And he's like, no, what you going to do is you're going to be on his team. He's like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then he... Do- and, uh, it no. just... <sighs> so for me, yeah, I think I'm, I'm about the same as you. I enjoyed it. Much more than the last one. Much more. The Crimes of Grindelwald was a mess. I really did not enjoy it at all. I think one of the, the big standouts for me was the change of Grindelwald's. Johnny Depp just came across as a bit of like a cartoon villain. 
hundred percent. Whereas Mads is is he's more grounded, he's more realistic, and you can see why people are like, oh, he's charismatic, you know, like and it's Mads Mikkelsen, he's a fantastic actor, one probably one of the best actors currently working in Hollywood at the moment. You can see why people would follow him. Whereas Johnny Depp was like, what's this? This is just like the guy just walked in and just straight up killed the baby. Like, this is not cool. Um, but yeah, Mads, Mads does a fantastic job to make an actual believable villain. Yeah, what I liked about Mads as well was that he was more believable as someone that Dumbledore would be interested enough in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not weird like, Johnny Depp. Johnny, Johnny Depp, I was like, I don't know why, unless Dumbledore was off his rocker when he was younger. I don't understand what he would have been seduced by. With, we all have with, our preferences. I understand that. <laughs> you bigot. But <laughs> it doesn't feel right. <laughs> no, but no, like Mads is just very, I don't know if it's because I've watched the Hannibal series, but yeah. Mads to me, he just plays a villain really well. Yeah. You know, but also it's not just outright like evil. It's he's clever, he's meticulous. Yeah. You know, he knows how to navigate through situations rather than just being aggressive and outright villainous. Yeah. he can he can kind of play play it cool. Yeah, he's not standing um, around people smoking his skull hookah and telling the future. Yeah, exactly. Following on from Grindelwald, how did you think of? the relationship between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. I think like Dumbledore has been a character that's been portrayed really, really well by Jude Law throughout the entire thing. And you said that it's a bit more believable for them for to be in a relationship or you can see them being in a past relationship. What did you think of what did you think of Dumbledore? I mean I love Jude Law. Yeah. Um, I, anything from what Jude Law's to say. I think that he's just done a really good job. One thing I will say though is that they I noticed throughout the movie they kept bringing up that Dumbledore was in love with Grindelwald. Yeah. Like, I loved him. I loved him. It was like, Multiple times, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt like they were... They wanted you to know. Yeah, it was yeah. like... It, they, it wasn't subtle. It was like, you know, it felt like something that they were really trying to hit home just yeah. for everyone. Like, okay, Dumbledore's definitely gay. He definitely yeah. loves Grindelwald. It's like... Guys, stop bringing it up. Yeah, it, like, but it just... It just felt annoying at a certain point because I was like... That it just didn't feel essential to the conversation that was ha- like yeah. being had or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, I think Dumbledore's talking to Theseus. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, why would you do it?" And he's like, "Love." It's like, well, we-. he knows that already. Yeah. He already knew that. And what? the same thing with Grindelwald at the start, where he declares that he used to love Grindelwald. Well, Grindelwald knows that. You don't need to tell Grindelwald that I used to love you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's trying to win him back. Come back, baby. We can we can fix this. <laughs> <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> I can change. I'll be I'll be racist again. <laughs> but no, yeah, I did I did really enjoy uh, Jude Law's performance. As I said already, I always love Eddie Redmayne. Um, and, and I think Eddie Redmayne and um, well, Newton Theseus, the dynamic between them, I think was fantastic. Yeah, I, in the last, I. I, I we, I know we keep picking on Crimes of Grindelwald, but in the last movie, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like brothers to yeah. me. But yeah. in this one, you know, they were more casual. It wasn't so like tight. They weren't on the same page necessarily, but they were more familiar with they, each other. Exactly. They yeah. were, like, it seemed like they, they at least knew each other enough. And they tended, like, seemed to care about each other as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I think for me, and this is probably my main takeaway for this film as well. The story wasn't great. The action was okay. For me, the main thing that led to the enjoyment, really, out of everything, was just the characters and the way that the characters interacted. Um, obviously, Jacob, fantastic. Dumbledore, great. Grindelwald, fantastic villain. I think this is the best portrayal of Grindelwald that we've gotten. And Theseus as well, as a new... You like him better than Colin Farrell. Look, I, I love Colin Farrell, and I still stand by they should have just stuck with Colin Farrell from the start. I love Colin Farrell. But, yeah, so I think this is just a more believable villain. Actually, no, I think I, I find it very hard to split the two, to be honest. I, it's kind of like 1A, 1B, and then you've got Johnny Depp underneath. Yeah. But yeah, for me, the whole the whole thing that was holding this together, the story, the plot, it wasn't any of that. It was the characters and the way they interacted with each other was the best part of this movie for me. So, uh, Rick, with everything about the characters being said and done, who's your MVP for the movie? Tough choice. 
it is a tough choice because there is, as I said, the characters were the best parts. So there's a lot of good characters for me. Um, and someone I didn't mention, Lally. I thought Lally was a really good addition to the movie as well. Um, but I'm going to go back to the well and just, for me, the MVP is Jacob. He's the, he is the heart and soul of this film. He's the heart and soul of the entire franchise so far. It leaves me a bit concerned because I feel like Jacob's character arc is finished now. You know, he's gone through the, the loss of his love and then the rekindling of that love and now they're married. I just feel like it, it's, it kind of, it feels as if Jacob's not going to be wanting to get back into the game after this, which is heartbreaking because Jacob, he's funny, he's sweet, he's just a lovely, all-round fantastic human being. The Quillen should have bowed in front of Jacob and I will die on that hill, that Jacob was the most pure person there. I entirely agree with that. And talk about a uh, talk about a plot twist if the Quillen had bowed in front of Jacob. That would have just been fantastic, and I would have loved that. Because I feel like also throughout the film, they talked about how Jacob was the man that had the most heart. Like Dumbledore, oh, Dumbledore mentioned yeah. They're like, if anybody there was going to have the Quillen bow in front of them, it should have been Jacob, and I will die on this hill. Yeah, no, I completely, I fully thought it was going to. Yeah. And then it bowed in front of Dumbledore and I was... We've expressed our thoughts about that. Need, yeah, needless to say, I was disappointed in that. So what about you? Who's your MVP? I can't decide, because you've taken Jacob, so I can't just, I can't decide between Lally and um, Dumbledore because, well, like everything Jude Law's done so far as the character of Dumbledore, Lally was very, like, fresh... She brought new life to she, it. She, yeah, she brought new life to the car- uh, to the to the series, um, and she was kind of uh, she felt like a bit of a mix between young Dumbledore and Newt because you know she's like a professor, very book smart, very book smart, like Newt. Well, I suppose Dumbledore as well. Yeah, but at the same time, she's also very capable, very confident. Yeah, yeah. a very good protagonist. Yeah, to hopefully stick around. I don't really know. I think she'll be back. She'll definitely be back. I really hope so because while I love Newt, he can't, he doesn't fight. You know what I mean? And he doesn't seem to be allowed to be the main character in his own movies. (laughs) Yeah. Poor guy can't really, really win one. Um, So Lally? Lally's your MVP? I think I'll I'll go, yeah, I'm going to go with Lally just off of her first interaction with uh, Jacob at the very start of the film. How... It was all planned yeah. just to get him to come out just so she could prove that he's a good guy. Again, prove that he's a yeah, good guy. That Jacob is a fantastic human being. That he's a fantastic beast and they will not find him. <laughs> but yeah, no. My, so my MVP is definitely Lally. I don't think I had any issues with her throughout the movie. She was, like I said, capable. She fought off heaps of people, by the way. Yeah. I think, I think, she, ta- I think she takes the body count. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the film. Yeah, she was the only one that was doing any creative dueling as well, which is part of the reason why I liked Lally so much. Yeah. She wasn't just shooting lights. So yeah. Big win for me. We've got two more films to come from this franchise, which seems like a lot considering the point that we're at now. I don't know where it's going to go. With two <laughs> films to go, I feel like... I mean, we know where the fifth movie is. Well, the fifth movie is going to be dedicated to Dumbledore and Grindelwald having a bit of a fight. The final showdown. Having a tussle. But I feel like a lot of the character arcs have been wrapped up. As I was saying with Jacob, like Jacob's, Jacob seems done. Like Jacob is married. I can't see Queenie coming back if Jacob doesn't come back. I can't oh, see anybody well. wanting Queenie to come back if Jacob doesn't come back. Tina is doing her own thing. Tina's busy. Tina's probably not going to come back unless they contrive a reason for it. Obviously they can. It's well, their story. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, I just feel like all they're going to do with Tina is the next movie's going to take place in America, which is where she works. Yeah. Because she's now the head of the aura, the American Aura Office. Yeah. So if anything happens in America, she's going to be there. You know? Yeah. So I feel like that's pretty much how they're going to get her brought into it because then that keeps Lally around as well, yeah. being American. Maybe the only, probably the only way they can get Tina back into it. But I just feel like, and Credence as well. Credence is another one who, his story's done. Credence is on death's door. I feel like they're going to start the next movie with Credence dying. Yeah, Um, he's not going to be around. I feel like they'd be foolish not to. There's not really anything for him to do now that he's no longer with Grindelwald. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was his whole thing. He was going to kill Dumbledore. Yeah. Which clearly isn't happening. Yeah, obviously not. It, to me, it feels like we're going to be this next. This next film is going to be 
a filler, which is okay when it's a TV show. You can have a filler episode and then move on to the next one. It gives me hope for Newt, though. You know what I mean? Maybe this can be the resurgence of the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, you know. We can go back to just, you know, Newt being a magic zoologist. I was thinking about, before we started recording this, I was thinking, what what would I watch? And in all honesty, I would watch a documentary on Newt just going around his, the inside of his briefcase. Yeah, the Richard Attenborough of... Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that'd be so cool because... Is it Richard or David? David. David Attenborough. Yeah. Richard's the one that's in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think that'd be so cool because one thing we haven't talked about is the special effects of the movie are actually very good. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. something that they, I feel Harry Potter has always done quite well. I was always... Like, whenever they took a close-up of like one of the beasts or whatever, I was always... It always looked good. It always looked good. I was always trying to find something where I was like, mm, I don't know, yeah. but I, honestly, I didn't really have any... Comp- like, I'm not a I'm not a computer guy or anything, but I, as just someone in general, I didn't have any um, complaints about it. You know, I was I was always very impressed just with uh, yeah, CGI and all, all that. So I think it would be pretty cool, even if it's just like, I don't know, 45 minutes or whatever, just new going around his suitcase, yeah. just... Doing his magic as well. Yeah, I just because it's, it's fantastic beasts, and since the yeah. first one, they really haven't done that. Yeah, and I feel like the beasts that have been in there have just been crammed in there because, like, oh, well, the franchise is called Fantastic Beasts, so we need to put an animal in here. And other than that, there hasn't really been a lot of like your stupid spider crab. Yeah, lobster the best part things. of the movie, the fantastic <laughs> spider lobsters crabs. So, if you were to give this movie a rating out of five. What would you give it? Oh, God. I feel like my rating's not going to show how much I actually enjoyed the movie. Because <laughs> if it's out of five, I'm thinking like one and a half, two. Wow. Yeah. That low? I just didn't understand most of the movie. Like, I didn't follow it very well. Like We I'll, are a bunch of dum-dums. I will cop that any day of the week. If, if, if it turns out... The rest oh, of the world knows what's the, going the rest, on. Like, just us. If I go talk to my mates and they go, oh, you didn't get that? It was obviously this, it was this, it was... I'll, I'll, I'll... Whatever episode we do next, I'll announce I was wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, I just... I didn't... I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't keep up with anything. I yeah. still enjoyed it. I, like you said, the characters. I really did enjoy the characters. Theseus, Lally, Dumbledore, Newt, Jacob. Yeah. Never Queenie. Not Queenie. Boo Queenie. Boo Queenie. And Grindelwald. Grindelwald's great. Fantastic. So obviously, with all the characters, I had a really good time. But then, you know, like the story. and So, wow, I can't get over the fact that it's a one and a half. One and a half to two for you. One, 1.75. I'm, I'm going to no, sit on a two. A two. Yeah. I am probably closer to it. And now that I've said that, like I'm probably like a two and a half. <laughs> so it's not that much higher You're so than so much better is. than me. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, again, had, had a lot of fun with the characters. Enjoyed a lot of scenes. Like, you know, enjoyed Lally's magic. Enjoyed the crabs in the pit. So maybe, maybe three. I'll give it a three. It's enjoyable if I just switch my brain off and don't think about the plot. And just enjoy... But you want to think about the plot. Yeah, I know. And if you're doing a podcast about it, you kind of want to think about the plot. Yeah. But I can enjoy this film, I think, is what I'm trying to say, is that I can just switch my brain off, enjoy this film for what it is, which I couldn't do with The Crimes of Grindelwald. So I'm giving it I'm giving it a three. I'll give it a three out of five. I just wish that this wasn't tied into Harry Potter. You know what I mean? It's own separate thing. Yeah, because, like, when I watch movies like Fast and Furious and Transformers... You know what I mean? I have a great time watching those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I will be the first person to say, those are garbage movies for garbage people. <laughs> but God, do I love those. I will be, oh, I'm a garbage person. <laughs> I love those movies. They're so fun. They're not good movies. They're fun movies. Is that a bit of a uh, hint for your, our next week's Guilty Pleasures? <laughs> Maybe? Next I week, we're going to be talking about our Guilty Pleasure films. I suppose that, Yeah. I guess that's one of them. Potentially on the, on the list? Yeah. Alright. More, more to come next week. Alright guys, catch us next week <laughs> on the only pop culture podcast in the world. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much for listening. Um, as always, please share, tell your friends about it. We know, Tell your mum. Tell your mum. <laughs> tell mum and dad. Get them on board as well. We know that 
at the moment it's still a bit rough we are in our early days as we said last week we're doing this because we really enjoy talking about these things and we'd love to talk about it with you guys as well so if you are listening out there and you want to join in with the conversation hit us up on socials uh, follow us on facebook instagram twitter the whole works we're going to have all of that up and running yeah. by now i'm hoping <laughs> as long as we're you know efficient and getting it all sorted yeah. um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and we hope to see you again next week Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for guys. listening. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>